I needed heart surgery, not physical, but spiritual and emotional heart surgery. I closed off this part of my past and really absolutely never intended to revisit it. What was hidden and causing shame in my heart was creating major blockage in my ability to grow and mature in Christ. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope. I'm Robin, and I am here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast host. And today we have a story that we know you're going to love, but we do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer before we get started. We have Jessica Roy from Tupelo, and she is sharing her story about having an abortion when she was in high school. And so when I was, I like to listen to these stories with my kids in the car. And so this was one that I chose not to listen with my kids in the car. So if you're one of those, just just know what this story is about. And if this is something you have experienced, know that at the end, Katie, along with Jessica, give a lot of information for receiving help. So we just wanted to tell you a little bit about that before we jump into Jessica's story today. That's right, Robin. And you know, one of the things about Jessica's story is it's really not just about abortion. It's really about surrendering past decisions maybe that you've made that you regret or that you have shame over. And I hope that as you listen to her story, you are able to kind of open up your hands to God and surrender anything in your past that you've been holding on to as well. That's right, Katie, because we all have those for sure. And Jessica's story is not heavy because she lives in freedom. Yes. And you will be so encouraged by it. And before we get to the story, we do have a surprise. That's right. Many of you might have already listened to our story within the story last week with Wendy Pope, but this week we have another story within the story. Why, you may ask? Well, that is because we are coming up on our one-year anniversary of Patreon. And one of the things that you guys have said to us is that you love stories within the story. And so we now are going to be offering an extra story within Within the story every month for our Patreon members. We are also changing the discovery guide into an audio version. So many of you have gotten the discovery guide. It's a one-sheet Bible study. Well, what we've heard is that it's hard for a lot of you to sit down with that, that Bible study sheet and go over it. So what I'll be doing once a month is you'll be getting a short audio clip of me just giving you a devotional related to the story. I'll be digging into scripture sometimes to kind of let you know more about God's word through the story. Or sometimes we might even dig into a character of the Bible that relates to someone who has shared their story as well. So I'm super excited about that. And we are so thankful for our Patreon members. One year. Wow. I cannot believe it's been a year. It is hard to believe it's been a year. (laughs) And we really have tried to pay attention to where you've said things are difficult or you want changes. And the second one, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to remind you, you can get all of our audio bonus episodes in your regular podcast feed, whether you listen on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen. And so if you go on Instagram, we have in one of our bubbles where it says Patreon how to. And it shows you exactly, I screened, I did a video of my screen and it shows you exactly how to put the Patreon podcast into your regular feed. You can do this. Go to at Storytellers Live Podcast on Instagram. And also, happy birthday, patrons. Thanks so much for being a part. And if you are not a patron, go to patreon.com slash STL community or click the link in our show notes. Join us today and please enjoy Jessica's story. I'm excited to share God's story in my life. So getting to the exercise of sharing, Robin is such a great coach and helps you to keep on track. She and I have talked several times 
The exercise is to hear from God about what story to share and look back over the timeline of your life. So I was the prodigal in my family. One bad decision led to some others, and before I knew it, I had found myself facing an unplanned pregnancy. There's nothing just like reliving this 34 years later Mm -hmm. in your hometown. (laughs) But seriously, that Mm -hmm. is such a part of my redemption story. Spiritually, I remember asking Jesus to be my Savior when I was 12 years old at Camp Hopewell. I came home and told my parents. They were thrilled, but I didn't didn't grow much in understanding what it means to be a new Christian and mature. When I looked back over my timeline, I realized that I had had a fight-or-flight pattern that actually started pretty early. Lauren, Fran, Bernie, and I were all born in different states because Dad was in medical school and then residencies with general surgery, then cardiothoracic surgery. Our mom said she actually packed us up 13 times to move, and uh, we just thought it was normal to have those moving stickers (laughs) on all your furniture. I didn't stay at the same school longer than two years until we moved back to Tupelo in the seventh grade. Then, whenever things would get rocky at home, all I had to do was say, I want to go to camp, and I was signed up. Not just a two-week camp, I went to camp for two months. Mm -hmm. Same with boarding school. There were definitely my decisions, but we didn't talk about why I wanted to get away. I grew up in a family of fixers. Uh, we We just can't help ourselves. The Lord has worked mightily in our family, but specifically with me, to trust Him. God continues to transform me day by day into His likeness as I surrender, not offer my help to Him, but a little bit more on that later. So I really had uh, thought that I would share a different story when I was praying and writing out some of the details. I was amazed by a memory that I had had. It added such great perspective of where I was and even where my mom was in this memory. I believe it was the Lord giving me this perspective to share, but also it was really for me to see what kind of emotional state I was in at the time. So I picked up the phone to tell my sisters. Lauren answered and I said, hang on, I'm getting Fran on the phone. Usually you can't get Fran on the phone, but I knew she was home recovering from her second vaccine. Fran answered, and I merged the calls, and I said, okay, is it normal that I cannot remember where I went to kindergarten? And uh, I've been trying to put this timeline together with with dates, you know, to share my story, and I don't think I went to kindergarten. (laughs) And Lauren said, well, I don't remember where you went to kindergarten, but I do know we lived in uh, Metairie, Louisiana. She said, but I do remember also that you um, had a cool plaid uniform <laughs> that you wore in the first grade at Heathwood Hall in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, so then I said, yeah, I remember the uniform, but that's not the main reason I called. I just had a flashback of the red and white polka dotted dress that I had on when mom and I went to the dermatologist because I had this dark, splotchy place on my cheek and across my nose that just showed up. My doctor told me and mom that this looks like what is commonly referred to as melasma, um, also known as pregnancy mask. 
and he didn't offer and we didn't ask for a pregnancy test. And there was no more conversation. Then I hear in the background, help needed in the seafood department. <laughs> and I'm like, Lauren, are you in Croker? And she said, yes. I mean, I didn't know we were going to talk, go into all this when you called. I have no idea what I just bought. So this was just a lot of comic relief that we needed at the time. And we, Lauren, Fran, and I just, we laughed and and cried for real. But um, neither mom nor I had the tools to face the possibility of me being pregnant that day. Obviously, I was still struggling with sin, but I had recently made a public profession of faith, even though I believed I was saved at age 12. I knew the Holy Spirit was calling me to do something to to something different, but it was a tangled web that I was breaking free from. I was meeting with someone who was discipling me weekly. Life at home was getting better, and Mom was seeing fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our family. Dad had recently surrendered his life to Christ, and, and he was different. I'm the oldest, so practically, uh, Lauren, Fran, and Bernie knew that um, there was a better way but just to grow up watching me make mistakes. So they were benefiting as well in our family's new faith walk. Looking back, it seemed so strange for me to remember that dermatology appointment and the denial that was so unreal. But God put that memory, I believe, in context so that I could maybe give myself and mom even a little bit more grace. So I traveled back to boarding school, started my senior year, a very immature believer, trying to put one foot in front of the other. I kept waiting for my period to start. Nothing. I couldn't even bring myself to take a pregnancy test, just to know. I told two people, I think I'm pregnant, and both agreed that ha- that me having an abortion would cause the least amount of da- damage to everyone's lives. I was pretty sure I'd get kicked out of prep, prep school, and I just could not imagine what shame this would bring on my family that was recovering from a lot of trauma already. So it's so ironic to think that I was trying to save face when this rash was all over it, right? So uh, I sat on the floor of my dorm room with the yellow pages and, and called the abortion clinic. I cannot remember the month or the date, and I never thought to even ask how far along I was. Um, no ultrasound was offered or talked about. I was scared and felt completely alone, but I was I was willing to take great risk to keep from dealing with the truth. I was irrational, deceived, and totally acting out of selfishness. It's been proven that trauma causes people to have difficulty with speech. There's part of our brain that shuts down, much like people who've had a stroke. Vietnam veterans and witnesses to concentration camps report that they have no words to share for what really happened. To make matters worse, I had caused this trauma. One small compromise led to a multitude of compromises in a very unhealthy relationship. I knew, though, deep in my heart, the sin of premarital sex and abortion. I actually remember saying that I could never have an abortion. But where I was felt like survival, which is so twisted because I could have survived pregnancy. 
It was very traumatic, and I wished immediately that I had made a different choice. I just accepted that this would be my cross to bear for the rest of my life. Little did I know that the one who went to the cross for my sins was moving closer to me even then. Then, after some time, I, I remet Greg. Um, we had played together on the tennis team at, at in Tupelo, and um, and just kind of got to know each other. I appreciated him so much as a friend. And um, we started dating, and I knew engagement was coming, and I knew I needed to tell him that I had had an abortion. He could tell something was wrong at dinner one night, so we he asked for the check and got me somewhere that I could fall apart. And it was truly like a volcano erupting from deep within my core. It was the worst ugly cry he'd ever seen. I told him I, I had had an abortion. And and so he was really like the first person that I told. But his next words, they, they just changed me for life. He did not say, it's okay. He, he said, I, I love you anyway. Mm. So it was a huge turning point for me. I didn't have to run off or <clears throat> escape. Do you know one of the names of God is El Roy, which means the God who sees. God used Greg to show me how he sees me and loves me anyway. And he and he also gave me that name, Roy. Spelled a little different, but pronounced the same. I mean, you just, you just can't make that up. <laughs> I knew Greg was a keeper, and we did get married. We have been married 31 years. Greg had a front row, has had a front row seat to watch God open my heart, my mind, and experience life as a child that he chose. God has taught me so much about his character and who I am in Christ. It's been such a process to accept God's forgiveness and honestly just get over myself. I've tried to keep reminding God of my sin after years of confession, and he was finally like, okay, we're we're going to work on this. You need, you need help. <laughs> but in his mercy, he knew how and when I could handle his redemption plan. So being pregnant and giving birth to three sons has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. Davis was born. He He's now 28 years old, but he was born with a little ear called microtia. It's a congenital birth defect. It was a surprise to all of us at the time, and we really didn't know how serious it would be. But the Lord gave me this incredible peace, and I, I just said out loud right after he was born, he is fine. I knew he was fine, and he's going to be fine. And he is. He hears perfectly out of the other ear, and he has never had anything he wanted to do that he could not do. But then I was pregnant with Hudson, and I had a concerning ultrasound, 14 weeks um, pregnancy. There were six to eight small cysts that were showing up in the lining of his brain. And that was just a real turning point for me because immediately I went to, I thought the Lord was punishing me. I just had a lot of condemnation and a lot of just questions. I had told mom and dad about having an abortion at that time, and and we had just we had talked through it. We had prayed that one day, cried, and then we just tried to move on. The Lord knew I needed time to grieve, um, so I called a lady that was involved in our local pregnancy center and said, I, "I hope you have nothing else to do today." 
she graciously offered to start a small group through, going through a Bible study called <coughs> Surrendering the Secret. And to my surprise, God put together a precious group of ladies that came to my house weekly for nine weeks. It was mm. incredibly hard walking through the reality of my choice while, be, while being pregnant, but God was so near. Obviously, we had begun praying for Hudson, and two weeks after the initial sonogram, I was rescanned to see that all the cysts had miraculously disappeared. The rest of my pregnancy, though, with him was such a faith walk. I must have repeated, for I did not receive a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sonship, and by that I cry, Abba, Father. God showed me so many times that I could cry out to him again and again, and I repeated that a million times during my pregnancy. Hudson was born healthy, and then three years later, we had our caboose, um, our, our son, Miles, was born. So here's the thing about being uh, post-abortive. The gospel just gets really real. I knew I couldn't undo or make up for what I had done. And in the book, Gentle and Lowly, the author talks about having a diminished view of God's punitive wrath and a diminished view of God's compassionate heart. Romans 5 says that where sin increased, grace abounds all the more. Jesus moving towards sinners like me is so counter to what makes sense in my mind. Mm. Um, he should just be—he should have been so disgusted because of my sin. But much like the woman at the well and going after the one sheep, Jesus came after me. All I could do was accept God's forgiveness, let go of my shame, and walk in the righteousness of Christ. It initially felt so wrong, so undeserved. But healing came as God allowed me to remember. I mean that, like he brought the memories when I could handle it. He also used scripture, miracles, and humans to show me just how much he loved me. Now he wakes me up with hymns and points out scripture I can share with others. He's taught me how to sit tight and wait on him. His timing is never my timing and he always does something I never think of as a blessing. So I've learned to say, like, God, I'm just so curious about how you're going to work this out, <laughs> this one out. And um, it's not a question of whether, but when and how. Mm-hmm. What a foundation he has poured for the things to come because there's a lot more stories in my life. There was a different path I was going to share with my story. But in preparing, the Lord brought me back to this dermatology visit. I was a jacked up new believer, (laughs) and my mom was fighting for her family to be okay. We just didn't get it right that day. And avoiding the truth led to a horrible mistake. But God knew, and he loved us through it. I know that deep in my heart that, that my firstborn is in his perfect care and has always been there. God called me many years later to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. He allowed me to help lead a medical conversion at that same pregnancy resource Mm -hmm. center that led me through healing years before. Mm -hmm. Parkgate Pregnancy Clinic is a nonprofit medical clinic that offers ultrasound to women facing an unplanned pregnancy. Ultrasound changes the picture. It shows truth, but ultimately it is a heart issue. 
So when I was praying about this this last week, I was asking the Lord, okay, what is what is the takeaway from this? It, and he gave me two really clear illustrations to share of the past 33 years with him that I could relate to because they're so common to our family. Heart surgery and home renovation. So my dad operated on people's hearts. He took out dead veins and replaced them with healthy veins that the blood could flow through to produce life. I needed heart surgery, not physical, but spiritual and emotional heart surgery. I closed off this part of my past and really absolutely never intended to revisit it. What was hidden and causing shame in my heart was creating major blockage in my ability to grow and mature in Christ. I was like someone who came in needing a triple bypass. And then after God was through with me, I feel like sometimes I I could just run a marathon. (laughs) But um, so the physical heart, you know, it has four chambers and but the spiritual and emotional heart has many rooms, like a house. So the heart renovation part is that, you know, or the home renovation part is that Jesus wants the lights on and the doors Mm -hmm. wide open to every area. We all laughed recently about this house that we bought after quarantine. Um, She was built in 1949 and she needs some attention. One of the bathrooms was nicknamed by our sons as the portal from the movie Stranger Things. The walls covered in old uh, wallpaper seems to be coming alive with mildew when the hot summer humidity combined with the cold air conditioning just didn't have enough ventilation. So we did a short-term solution and have added it to the list. So blocked arteries, rooms, areas of my life that Jesus is like, let's go in here are where he has really worked best Mm -hmm. in my life as I have surrendered to him. My life verse is Psalms 119. Blessed are those that keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart. So I have a tendency to be all in, full steam ahead, but God in his grace didn't do a whole gut job all at once. It takes time, much like today, if you're waiting on a contractor. (laughs) This is where discipleship and the fun part happens. He changed my thinking over the years that I don't have to have it all together or have done it just right to be able to be used by Him. It's all a process, and it takes time. And sometimes it does cost you more than you thought it would, like a home remodel. What a gift it is to share a story, my story, about God's redemption, His hope, and His faithfulness. We lost mom this past January to COVID. It was so unexpected, and it it still seems surreal. I know she's with Jesus, and there are no more boxes to pack, houses to renovate, or crises to avert. She is good. One of the first things I thought of, though, as I was thinking about losing her, was that I know she, I knew she wasn't going to make it and that she would meet the child that I never knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. That's the rest of the story. It made me really think about heaven and what we'll do there. I mean, we're here just for this vapor of a life. Have you ever thought about the fact that people in heaven have already accepted Christ and they've run their race? We don't. We have just this window of time to share what Jesus has done in our life and share our story. 
He really did die for us on our worst day Mm -hmm. and welcomes us into his family as his own. Let's let's have surgery if we need it (laughs) and clean out the rooms, Mm -hmm. open the doors wide open that need renovating so that we are uh, good stewards to that which he has entrusted us with. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was talking to Jessica about her story and she was saying, uh, you know, going back to high school and this time was just difficult. And I said, almost every single one of our storytellers, when they share their story, will talk about up until late high school and college. And then they're like, and I did really dumb things when I was in high school <laughs> and college. And then they come back. You, you may have noticed that in listening to stories. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because all of us make decisions that we're not proud of. And Mm. it's so easy to live in the shame and guilt of that. And Jessica so beautifully shares, and Linda, you already said it's because she's free. You know, Mm -hmm. she's walking in freedom from these past choices. She shares what it's like to have made a a choice that was a life-altering decision in so many ways, and yet not live in shame today, Mm -hmm. not live with the lights out. Yes. And I loved her analogies of heart surgery. Her dad was a heart surgeon, Mm -hmm. uh, as you heard on the story. And then home renovation, which is something, thank you, pandemic, we can kind of relate to. (laughs) A lot of people have done that. But when she said, you know, Jesus wants your doors open Mm -hmm. and your lights on. And so many times we try to hide deep down in the Mm -hmm. basement closet. We Mm -hmm. think, oh, God can't see that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll just take care of that. But he does. He wants our lights on so that we can be mm-hmm. surrendered to him. And I loved that she uh, claimed Elroy, mm-hmm. the God who sees mm-hmm. me, the God who sees me. And he sees all of us. You know, one way that she said that was that we need to get over ourselves and accept God's forgiveness. I thought that was so powerful in just this concept of getting over yourself. Because here's the thing. When we stay hiding without those lights on, we are stagnant in our walk with Christ. She spoke about that um, in the beginning quote that we used, was that she needed this heart surgery in order to mature and grow in Christ. And the bottom line is that we we truly cannot fathom how much he loves us. Mm. You know, we talk about walking in freedom and use that word, but what that really means is that we understand the depth of his mm. love for us. And so... When you walk around in shame or guilt, when you don't accept his forgiveness, you're not accepting his love. And that's where we walk in freedom. So I just want to challenge those of you that are listening today. Ask the Lord how much he loves you. Mm. Have you ever asked him that? Ask him to show you how much he loves Mm. you today. And he will. If you want more information about Parkgate Clinic, you can go to parkgateclinic.org. That is where Jessica works. And she has so graciously said that on their website, they will have a Let's Talk button that you can click on and you can email her for advice. Maybe, you know, maybe you just want to reach out and ask her how you can get help. She said that she could also, you know, talk to you more about the Surrendering Your Secret Bible study if you're interested in that. And she also said that she has a network of safe people all over the country, possibly in your area, that she could get you in touch with if you need that or if you know someone who needs that as well. And like I said, you know, Jessica was so gracious to spend time with me and speak um, in the story within the story. And she talks a lot more about the freedom that she found through the forgiveness that she she saw in Christ. And then she also talked about just, you know, what it was like sharing her story, what it was like growing up in the same city 
that she experienced this in. And then she gives such beautiful, freeing advice for people who maybe who have had an abortion or if you know someone who has. So again, if you would love to go onto Patreon, you can join that at patreon.com forward slash STL. I just think you would be blessed by it today. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.